Welcome to Manscaped for making this episode of Secret Friends Unite possible. Go to manscaped.com, use code SFU, and get 20% off and worldwide free shipping. Thank you, Manscaped. And now on with the show. Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 405. This is your guide to the geek side, and you're listening to the podcast version, but why not get all of the podcasts for Secret Friends Unite with our network feed? Get Holocron Chronicle for all things Star Wars, Code 47 for all things Star Trek, Co-op Mode for all things video game, and then also this podcast you're listening now, which is all things geek. When you're done listening... Go watch us on YouTube at Seek Friends Unite on our YouTube channel. Search, us, search that name and you'll find it right there. You'll get our faces in more places, our backgrounds, our reactions, and sometimes props. So there you props. go. Subscribe, comment, and you know, let us know what you love about Secret Friends Unite. So with that, I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra from beautiful Savage, Minnesota. Joined by Charlie Carden. From beautiful... East Blaine, Krampitz, Michigan. East Grand Rapids. Um, but yeah, what? Uh, it was a busy weekend. We had our last event of the year for the fan club. It was a film festival, Todd, that I was telling you about, uh, based around the works of Doug, the, the late Doug, Tr- Doug Trumbull, who passed away earlier this year, but was responsible for films like Blade Runner, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and uh, did I say the third kind? Was it the first kind? What's the name of that movie? My God, I'm drawing a blank. The Steven Spielberg film. Yes, Close Encounters. Yes. Close Encounters, of the, third Close Encounters. Kind of, of the Third and, kind. I'm not sure what the first and the second are. Man right, and Beast, I have, I have to watch the movie again, I guess. Yeah. Um, must have been. And then, yeah, uh, yeah I was going to say Jaws, Blade Runner. No, not Jaws. But Star Trek, the motion picture, and that was that was kind of how we got involved. The, the chapter got involved. And we sat in on a great screening uh, where a lot of the producers were there. They would actually stop the film in, in three-act in- increments, and then they would talk and play some behind-the-scenes kind of footage and stuff. So it was, it was super cool. But gobbled up all my time, and I had this to record, and I had code to record. But I am here now, settled back down to earth. Very exciting. Yeah, it was a very chill weekend. Uh, you know, we've got more coming up with holiday celebrations oh, yeah. and such. We're very excited for the next couple weekends. It's going to be very fun. I only have one week of left of work and then I'm out for the new year. So nice. that'll be very fun. Yeah, we're very excited for that. My mother's coming to visit. So, uh, but enough about that. Something we're really excited about is this cover. I selected it. It's Marvel oh, it's Chillers gem. featuring Tigra, the werewoman, Ooh. guest starring Red Wolf. Uh, it's the big blazing battle ish. Nothing Ooh. you can do can stop the rat pack from crushing you, you fool, says this man with a machine gun. It's not and the then in the, in the caption with the yeah, in the caption below it says, Don't dare peek at our shocking final page. And I didn't. So I guess it's a mystery to be held. And the fact is, Charlie, did you ever consider Tigra a werewoman? No, I was going to say Once Upon a Werewoman because I I love that we came up with the Once Upon a Werewolf. I, I, I dropped that on Holocron. Mark loved that. Our guests loved that. Uh, so I'm going to try to work it into every um, conversation I can. She never was. A Tigra uh, is, uh, was uh, Greer Nelson, uh, a, a, a feminist and a journalist, if I remember correctly, from the 1970s. Uh, got the, you know, she was the cat. She wore the same outfit as... Um, uh, Hellcat for a while, but Hellcat, and then gave it to Patsy Walker, and Patsy Walker was Hellcat, if I remember correctly. Tiger got she these dry powers. cleaned it. 
especially since it's you know leotard yuck kitty litter but, uh, yeah yeah six. exactly but yeah she uh greer nelson got the amulet that holds together her bikini which uh also has big spikes on the uh the waistline no, the claws. Of, claws. oh okay uh, anyway ouch uh and then became a real cat but and then she later on she was a member of the avengers and the west coast avengers never she never really was a where creature as i understand it so maybe there's you know maybe i did a little bit of a research here but yeah kind of a, a lot going on on this you know they have the what do they call these bad guys they're the rat pack, the rat but pack. i don't see say i don't see dino or sammy or frank that is not the right no pack. there's no there's no singing involved or drinking of martinis just yeah, lots right. of uh high-powered weapons and there's no dress code apparently you can go sleeveless you can wear right. a big beard and long hair you can wear a mask right um, yeah. Exactly. I uh, I I kind of want to I kind of want to see that that shocking final page. So Todd, we might uh, have to rotate this one onto the list of the uh, uh, this upcoming segment that we were talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, it was twenty five cents. Count. It was still only twenty five cents. So I assume this is a like mid to late seventies. Right. Uh, twenty five cents was early to mid seventies, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, okay. because it went. Uh, Early 60s, 10 cents to 12 to 15 to 20 to 25. So that would probably put this in like 70, anything between 73 and 75. So around the time you were born at the latest, probably. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And my mom didn't buy it for me. So shame on you, mom. Oh, man. Yeah. Terrible. Oh, my goodness. But yes, I'm, uh, I, I am without a doubt intrigued as to what happens on the shocking final page. My goodness. Uh, someone who is always super great at uh, keeping us on our toes, that would be the where octogenarian. No, what do you call somebody who's 122? 120. So a centitwentian? There's not really one. It's not like the sesquicentennial or anything like that. It's essentially bentecientbiente, if you... Yes, exactly. But we are talking about Madam Webb. She's our number one news correspondent with her flip phone at age 122, down at the corner of Hollywood and Vine, getting ready to bring us the hottest scoops out there. Let's go get them. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. I assume, Madam Webb, you are starting to get all of your holiday shopping in. You don't use Amazon. You use Mississippi.com. I don't know what you buy there. Um, it, it, it might come mud. by the Am- Mississippi River. Like it's all like go. it's it's all like boats of of various sizes, and essentially it's probably things they found on the Mississippi. So we're talking like crawdads, trout, uh, buckets full of junk, and potentially maybe well, uh, you know mob bodies from you know. Right. We don't know. So. Uh, Human hand. Yeah, I mean, I I know you were the sole uh, investor into Mississippi.com, but oh boy, bad decisions, mistakes. Were Great made. business opportunity. But what is uh, what is a stellar business opportunity? And what I dubbed in our show notes is "and water is wet." Is that uh, the producer uh, Joseph Kaczynski, director of um, Top Gun Maverick, Joseph Kaczynski, is saying that there is gas in the tank for a potential third film. Oh really? <laughs> what a hot jet fuel in the tank? <laughs> yeah. Left oh over. Oh my god! I mean, as as everybody knows by now, and as we talked about quite a bit on this show, um, as everybody knows by now, 
Top Gun Maverick, which was the long overdue, didn't know you needed it, uh, sequel to 1986's Top Gun, uh, destroyed box office records in the in three through throughout three quarters of 2022. It's just now winding down its run in the theater. It's coming to Paramount Plus in I think later this month, probably right around the, right mm-hmm. around Christmas. And yeah, it just absolutely blew things away. And Todd, you were the one who said, I always love this expression because I, I, I can never really determine. You said it touched the four quadrants that yes. people go to see movies. So yes. what are the four quadrants? Let's break it's it down for all time. kids, parents, elderly, and mainstream. Essentially, it's so, like you're kind of, you're hitting like people that will watch like anything. Then you're hitting right. like all different age groups because it's very healthy. Um I, I'm trying to think if, if there's a different like men like all genders too. I think is the other. So one. in some ways, uh, the quadrants are just your your basic demographic side. Like I worked in radio, and you're like, well, we need trying to you know we need males 18 to 24. We need you know women from blah 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 to this thing and that. Mm-hmm. And that's our prime target for this business and this bracket and what we're going after. So, and it's funny you should say that about the elderly because I love my dad, but he's over 70. To me, that makes mm-hmm. him elderly. We saw the first Top Gun with him when I was 10 years old, and my dad is a Navy vet, and all he could do was make fun of how stupid it was because it was, you know how it is, you know how it is with you military types in movies when you get a burr in your saddle. Well, that's he not didn't do that happened. right. Yeah, exactly. Blah blah so blah, blah, was, blah blah. That was my dad. However, that being said, checked in with him this year. My dad is 72, uh, and he's like, my, you know what? He's mellowed in you know 35 years. Man, I thought that movie was a lot of fun. And blah. I'm like, Dad, you hated the first Top Gun. You couldn't stop bitching about it. Well, you know, it's a movie. <laughs> That's what he said this time around. And he's right. And it was – I love the pitch movie, which just pretty much says, well, this is just basically – uh, the Death Star sequence from Star Wars because they got to go along a long trench and up a thing and they got to drop bombs in a thing that's two meters wide. And pull up exactly. Luke. <laughs> and pull up Luke, exactly. Yes. Um, and you're right. The movie was a ton of fun. I, I did not end up going to see it a second time, but it was either you you or John went and saw it more than once. Isn't that right? Oh, it was John. John yeah, definitely okay. went because I think he might have seen it by himself and then he wanted to see it with the kids and yeah. he wanted to see it in a specific format. So, right, which right. is exactly what Hollywood wants you to do. See it multiple exactly. times, see it in the theaters. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. where it's at because most films will come out and we're familiar with your standard, you know, week one to week two drop is like 40% or whatever it is. Or if it's really, I mean, if it's, and if it's over, 40 to 60% you're, you're in trouble because those numbers usually go, well, they'll always go down, but it's about how far they fall and how fast. Yeah. And this one, this one really held on because again, you're touching all the quadrants. So anyway, um, um, and Charlie, an update to the four quadrants. I can now, I'm smarter. Oh, about please. This now. Uh, By all means. It's, it's females under 25 males under 25. So there's two quadrants there. And then got this. Females over 25 and males over 25. Very simple. <laughs> it's, so I made it more a- difficult. Yes. It's like kids, teens, uh, middle-aged, and elderly of so- all genders. Oh, I, so over 25 is elderly? Oh, God. Yeah, apparently, it's, yeah, it's like you you got, well, because there's kids' audience is a small demographic. Yeah. Right? You got the kids and te- te- teens, yeah, right. which each of those demographics is, you know, you put them together with like college age, and then yeah. you get to everybody over that. So it's very weird, but it's also it by was, male, because, you know, like female, like, uh, right. like female romantic comms are probably, like, they maybe have one quadrant, maybe they pull in males over 25. Right. So it's like a two quadrant film at best. 
That's hilarious. Is that because we were walking out of the grocery store, April, and I had to stop and grab a quick bite after the the event tonight. And then I came home and had to record code, and then I'm recording this. We had to grab a bite at the the deli at D and W, which is the local grocery store. And she's walking out, and she says, "That thing says something about seniors being 55 plus, and that's not cool because we're about ready to turn 47." She and I were like, no, "We're not. We're not almost seniors. That sucks." Don't worry, AARP will sign you up as soon as you're like. 22 uh, oh, I'm they, t- want, they t- want to get everybody i've told you when i turned 40 my mother signed me up for aarp like junior or something i'm like oh, why why i'm like first of all good thing you did it for me and not my brother because he would he would have torn he would probably would have torn you a new one but she's like well you get a lot of great discounts and well stuff. they like, they find you anyways charlie whether your mom yeah, did right. or you didn't they find you because i think i've there. been on their list since i've been like 39 for some reason yeah, right like, oh, i know oh, i may t- act old right uh but i i don't feel that old oh well uh, oh it, it is interesting but to your point um this feels like top gun maverick is the rarity it is not right. the rule it is it was the, the, it was the, the it was the unicorn it wasn't exactly. wait wait it was the unicorn uh, like on exactly. my wife's my wife's coffee cup that i'm See, finishing you her can't, coffee you can't, it's not like karate kid where it's like there's multiple movies and things where you're like oh we're gonna visit the third movie there was one top gun film there was a cast of characters. They've hit all of those cast of characters unless they bring back Kelly McGillis or they bring back Meg Ryan. That's nope. about it. Right. Um, well, Tom Skerritt is yeah. Tom Skerritt is like God, is he still alive? Dead. I don't no. think I, I, I think he's retired, not dead. But I mean, beyond that, right. everybody else is old. Um right. they already hit on Iceman. Um mm-hmm. and then after that, it's like it's Miles Teller's uh, right. show. Because uh, Maverick got his redemption story. There's nothing right. else for him to do. He's too old. He can't go on a mission anymore. Um, all these other things. So I'm like thinking, hey, do do people really want to see Miles Teller, who I felt like was the least interesting thing of that film, and he's Agreed. already covered his daddy issues. So I'm like, right. eh. So they yeah. just kind of be buds and go out. Maybe they're civilians now, but they're still like – get their hands on a fighter jet. Yeah. It's like, what are they get? It's going to turn into iron Eagle because I, I get the feeling <laughs> yeah. if they go back, if they go back, which we talked about a lot last week, we're, they we're, no, they're, Charlie, he's going to try to find his F 14 time cat. And that's like his mission. Oh, we oh found out God. Iran has my F 14. We're going in, we're stealing. Oh my God. We're getting the mystery just, machine and going to get it. I don't know. I just, yeah, I just don't, I, I feel like it's like leave well enough alone. Um, how are they going to go back and, and nail it again? I don't know. But again, Neither you, John, or I, when we were doing our movie wager, thought that this well, this wouldn't even be in the top five. Absolutely annihilated everything else and all the Marvel movies and the animated films that we thought we were going to do great did not. So we just absolutely did not know. So, yeah, we've got to consider things in you know, a kind of quadrant based, I guess, from now on. So we'll, we'll, we'll play it in the quadrants from now on. So yeah. anyway, uh, anyway, moving on. Oh, my God. How did I miss that, you know, I don't think I missed this trailer, but I don't think I got around to watching it. But, uh, Tad, go ahead. I, I blabbed my way through making fun of Top Gun so you can have well, this appar- one. Well, apparently Charlie has jumped the shark and gone past the Accolade story. So we'll cover oh, the Gen V trailer first, uh, and then okay, we'll get to the good. Accolade. So that, I, that's, that's, I had that's, my, that's, I had that's my teaser, tab, folks. 
my tabs out of alignment as usual. Yes, that's a teaser, folks. Charlie typically opens all the tabs and that just throws everything off. But uh, we are both fans of the boys and the boys, uh, you know, we're just blown away from all the other seasons. They've had one spinoff, uh, which is just segments in a cartoon format called Diabolical. Right. I enjoyed it. I definitely recommend you watch it, Charlie, because they're very short. Yes, yeah, um, I got around to it, yeah. The, the second spinoff, which is tied directly to the show, which is called Gen V, uh, it's essentially, think about, this is how young heroes are found, trained, and essentially brought into Godolvinkin University, a school for the next generation of superhero under the control of Avoid International. A trailer oh. was dropped. Um, it says, uh, welcome to Godol- Godolkin University, a safe space for you to thrive. This is, your, this is the first look at the spinoff. Um, and the cast, I won't go through all the cast. I'll call out the notables. So Jazz Sinclair and Chance Perdomo are the, the, the two leads, it looks like. They're both from Sabrina, which is kind of cool because I recognize them. Uh, yeah. One girl of color. Uh, she plays a, a cool character as a supporting character, which in Sabrina. And then uh, Chance Perdomo, very cool guy, British accent. He plays uh, a, a major lead in that. But then we've got some other characters that are interesting. We've got Patrick Swat- uh, uh, Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Which he doesn't look at all like Arnie. He looks more like Maria Shriver, which is fine. Um, for better, for worse. Yep. Sean exactly. uh, Sean Patrick Thomas is young Indiana Jones, isn't he? Or did I get the wrong? No, guy? you're saying Sean Thomas Flattery. No, this oh, is a there different you go. dude. No, this is this is. Uh, I'm trying to remember where he's from. He's from something else. Uh, young man. Uh, we got Clancy Brown. I love oh, Clancy yes. Brown. Love uh, he's fantastic. He's such a great actor. Then we got Jason Ritter, who's phenomenal as well. He is also right. new to the cast. Uh, interesting to see what his role will be. And then we've got uh, some supporting characters from uh, the boys proper, uh, Jesse T. Usher, a train Colby Minifee, uh, the, the public affairs lead kind of crazy. And then we've got PJ Byrne, which I wasn't familiar with the character he plays. Um, I, I think he plays maybe a, a person from Vought that I'm just not very familiar with. I looked him up, didn't look familiar. Uh, okay. But we don't have a release date yet. Uh, hopefully this is a 2023 because I'm not sure we're going to get a boys uh, season four anytime soon. Yeah, I haven't, uh, heard, haven't heard a peep. Yeah. So this, this is, looks, this is it. That looks pretty gory. We've gotten the trailer that's dropped. We've got puppets. Like you mentioned, Charlie, my God, means. what the hell? And, you, and they're, they're alive puppets. And one of them gets you know, their head torn off. And you see, you see, uh, intestines flying around and like a spinal cord. And it's, yep. it's Different. just in, in true boys fashion. It's just gore, gore, like splatter serious gore blood everywhere definite red band trailer just like the entire show is is very red band so yeah. it's um, amazon I, prime so i mean right. we're used to this and it's and they they don't uh back down from it and right i think that's it's got to be you know since the rings of power it's probably amazon's premiere series with the boys so i it's right. kind of cool to see them grow this i don't know if any of this is coming from the comics um so i don't know if this is just new but it's it's kind of an evergreen uh, product property because they can right. continue to bring in things, add storylines. And, you know, uh, I believe, you know, you know, the, the creator of the boys, he has no problem creating more spinoffs and doing more of this content. So I love right. it. Right. But it's, yeah, it's a cool concept and they can keep twisting and turning it. So um, I was trying to remember, is this, I was trying to remember if a train, did he die off in season no, three? No, okay. he was, was, he, he came back. He came yeah. back. Yeah, That's I right. thought he was dead. 
because I yeah, thought I was, that was how he was going to end his story, but no, he. Yeah, I was, I was trying to figure back. out if this was a prequel. Well, good. It would be it'd be awesome, obviously, if this spins off, and then you know, you're right. This could be the launching board to continuing the other show. So, yeah, I'm fired up about that. I have loved the boys, and again, I was late to the party. We started watching it with season two, and we were just absolutely sucked in. Yeah. Um. So just absolutely gobbled up. So this should be fun. So yeah, no date announced, but um, I get the feeling we'll see it sooner rather than later. So, um. Todd, you should talk about Star Wars because you love Star Wars. So go yeah, ahead. And, act- and like I said, I, I'm just burned out on anything pre-A New Hope. I, I really yeah. don't care about that. That era of about 30 years where it's like, oh, it's Rebellion. It's, you know, Clone Wars. That kind of- I, I don't need any more of that. So um, I was asking questions about this because I believe this dropped. Mark put this out or somebody dropped this out. It was me. It was basically, me. Yeah. So the Acolyte is coming. And this is, uh, ask the clarified question, is this set in the High Republic? So this mm-hmm. is a prequel to the prequels but it's mm-hmm. far enough back it's 100 to 200 years before, i think i, I right? think and i sh- i should know because i'm on a star wars podcast and mark and i did some of the high republic stuff like the comics when they first came out and i believe the span is is 200 years and you did get in the first it's funny when the comics came out i thought i thought it was a miniseries but it's ongoing but in the first issue yoda gets a cameo and it's just yoda 200 years younger and He's got like a part, different part in his hair. So he's got more hair. He kind of looks like John, John Travolta with gray hair. He does have hair. I remember that. Oh my God. That. Scoop. I know. <laughs> scoop. Big scoop. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's, it's been an ongoing series and it's a comic series and it's a novel series. And this is, uh, yeah, this is plugged within. But yeah, we've got, um, we've got a first look uh, of some stills, but really nothing necessarily about the plot line. But anyway. Yeah, it's it's and, and I'm I'm intrigued by this because I have enjoyed prequels when they are far enough out of the scope. Like we had the House of Dragons, and now we have the Rings of Power. I enjoy both of them because they're so far away that it's like there's a lot of stuff I don't know, and and all those people are dead anyway, so they can have cool stories, and it doesn't impact what I already know. I I enjoy, or it could it could be like a precursor to something that will come eventually that I don't know. So I love this. Right. It's, it's this is what's going to make Star Wars grow and get new audiences because people don't have to feel like they have had to read or watched 85,000 things. I like this. Um, This is when the era of the Jedi and the Republic was at its peak. Um, Right. Pre-Sith, right? This is at the, and I believe it's supposed to really introduce the concept of the Sith, but this is at the tail end of the peak as, as it starts to decline. Because when we, when we meet the Jedi in um, episode one, they are, years away from their destruction and they become complacent. They become somewhat corrupt. And, you know, it was really, it was a, it was a rogue or a dirty Jedi that, that was, that commissioned the, you know, the Count Dooku was a Jedi who turned, but then he hired this other dude, Sifo-Dyas to orchestrate the clone army. So yeah. yeah, they became essentially a pawn of a political party, which they were never meant to be totally get that. Um, now this is cool because we do have some pictures of this. This is, I'm not sure when, the series will debut, but uh, this is kind of what I've been waiting for. Something different that is not something we're familiar. It's not the Filoni-verse. It's, uh, it's based on this new batch of content, which is cool. I'm glad that they're finally doing something with it beyond a novel or a comic because only so many people are going to read that. And we're, we got some good right. cool pictures. So we've got um, Lee Jung-jae. Uh, he is from Squid Game which is pretty cool. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's one of the pictures. So he looks to be a Jedi as well. Then we get um, a, Amanda, Amandla Stenberg's 
she's that's that's who he plays is her former Jedi Master. Uh, right. Then we're getting some other cool pictures, which would be Daphne Keen, which has got oh, yeah. a cool look. X twenty three from uh, from Logan. Yeah. Oh, isn't that cool. her? And then she, it's yeah, I think so. And then she's got like a almost like corn rolls with different right. colors. Um, and she looks pretty cool and different variations of the Jedi wardrobe. Then we've got Dean Charles Chapman as a Jedi Padawan. Looks he's he's got that curly fro that we love. Yeah, so right. Much. And, and Charlie, the traditional outfit. The top sh- the top thing has got to be the Wookiee with the top knot. I know. I mean, yeah, top knot man bun Wookiee. He's with almost the man got purse. A, yeah. He's almost got kind of a uh, well. It looks like Chewbacca's thing, but he's also wearing boy Wookiees are weird with their clothes. Like Chewbacca wears no clothes, and this guy's wearing like basically basically a jumper or a skirt of some kind. Exactly. Um, you know, basically basically Wookiee active wear. So, yeah. but yeah, again, if they don't wear, yeah, you, I'm not really understanding the whole clothes thing with Wookiee or, or yeah, why like, he why he needs a purse, but whatever. Yeah. It's a satchel, satchel like we, Indiana Jones. And we've got some pictures of a ship, of a transport of some sort. We've got two actresses who are also photographed wielding similar weapons that assume to be Daphne Kane walking alongside a woman who I assume is playing a Zabrak, which is uh, yeah. lots of spikes and things. That's the, uh, uh, the same. Uh, there was a, a couple Darth of Maul. Jedi that, yeah, Style. Darth Maul. Yeah. yeah, Darth Maul and one of the other uh, Jedi on the council that, that gets yeah. whacked by uh, Palpatine right, at, right, right, right as he and before he and Mace Windu go at it. So yeah, How this did is they great. Get these pictures out. Uh, probably some weirdo in a tree, like from two miles away. Uh, I don't know. Oh my god! He didn't god. kill them. He shot them with. Uh, he 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 destroyed their uh, privacy. You know what? I, it's funny. Scroll down. This is from StarWarsNewsNet.com, which is a pretty common one. But very first comment, looks like another woke POS. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, Star God. Wars There's fans. women in this. There's people yeah, of exactly. color in this. Oh, my God. At, at, least the very, at least the very next comment says echoes exactly what you said. This looks very much different from everything we've seen before in live action, which, you know, again, Andor, very different. Uh, Mandalorian captured everybody's attention. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett, not so much. Um, but this is, again, like you said, down in the back, much like House of Dragons is a great example. Rings of Power, I've never been a Lord of Rings guy, so it didn't catch me. But I did, obviously, I do obviously like uh, blah, 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 Game of Thrones, which is why the, yeah, the, which is why the, the dragons really caught me. So this is great. It does say 2024, which makes really? sense. Yeah, which, well, because 2023 is going to be Mando and then maybe Ahsoka and Bad Batch, which I know nobody really cares about on, on this stream, though I have some people. Bad Batch is in January, so that'll be wrapped up. Yeah. I, I think Bad Batch and a lot of those those other things like Bad Batch, and um, I, they're for the initiated who like that specific content. That right. is not for everybody. That is like for a smaller group. So I'm glad that like the acolyte, I feel like, will right. go after a, a broader group of people. Like, I don't want right. everything. I mean, much like OT stuff. And, you know, stuff that comes like even Mando or Boba Fett is for us OG Star mm-hmm. Wars fans. The people who grew up with the Clone Wars, you know, you know, my kids or even your son, even though he's not a Star Wars guy. But Mark. that age bracket. Right? Yeah, yeah. And Mark, because Mark's 10 years younger than us. Yeah. They gobble up that because their Filoni was there. You know, that was mid mid. There was late aughts. It was like 2008 or nine is when the Clone Wars came out and it just lit a generation on fire. And yep. people who love the prequels uh, or yep. grew up with the prequels. So that's OK. But this is great because this tends, I think, it's, kind of it's four quadrant, Charlie. It's four four quadrants of Star Wars. You've got uh, angry nerds, happy nerds, sporadic female nerds, and, and new nerds. 
New nerds. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's what oh, you mean. Yeah. Well, speaking of old nerds, we did have a passing in the nerd world. We did. I, we, I, we touched this on Code 47 as well. But uh, Kirstie Alley has passed away. She actually broke onto the scene in 1982 as uh, Cadet Lieutenant Savick in Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, Spock's protege. Uh, she played that role in that film, uh, and in subsequent films, the the role was handed over uh, to another actress. But she then went because on to have because of the cocaine, a, because of the cocaine, mostly. And I think I <laughs> think she player. like I think she like most uh, female co stars of uh, Star Trek uh, slept with William Shatner. Sorry, this is just something I heard. Man, um, man, yeah, really? I know. I mean, all the way up to and including Kim Cattrall and Iman. There were rumors about that in Star Trek Six, and he was old. I, I hope there's no casting know. couch in Star Wars or Star Trek. Yeah, no, just his, just his in his trailer. But anyway, um, she then went on to have a very long stint on his super uh, successful sitcom Cheers uh, as Rebecca, mm-hmm. who was the love interest to Sam Malone, Ted Danson's so, character. Quick question, Charlie. Yeah. Did you like, did you like Diane or Rebecca better? Um, I like Diane better because she was just, she was obnoxious. She insisted oh, upon herself. Okay. I thought she was the best part of what was some really clunky. Cause April and I watched the first couple of seasons of cheers yeah. with Diane and she was so obnoxious and, but still found Sammy resistible, even though he was alpha male and she was all prim and proper and stuff. So, but you know what? In fairness, didn't get to watching the Rebecca episode. So maybe I would like that better, but See, I always like Rebecca. I thought Rebecca was hot. I thought uh, Shelly long was, Eh? Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. I never found her that hot. I didn't like. Okay. Why would Sam Malone want her? Except for the fact it's a challenge. Versus, I'm really right. like. I don't find you that attractive. I never. I just. I don't know. I liked her so much better. I thought she was sharp, cutting, and then yeah, you had some interesting characters brought on with that. But I, I, I oh. was the era that I liked of Cheers the best. She does say in here that she was offered the third one, I mean Star Trek Three, and it was. She said it was a half-assed offer. The character was. Going to be a lot bigger and a lot more going on, but the, the they wanted to pay me less, which just sounds insane. So well, you know, I mean, you've got a cocaine her. problem. <laughs> yeah, that is, cocaine's a hell of a drug, yeah. uh, and we should we should be a little nicer because she died, but we're not. Um, look, yeah, she had a stint. What that? Look who's talking with uh, John Travolta. Couple of movies, and then she was on Veronica's Closet in the nineties. Remember that we used to? Oh yeah. We used to, we used to just we used to poke fun at that because they would they would they, that whole movie they said around that whole show all they just wear in lingerie all the time that was the whole show. And um, she wore house coats. Yeah, and she wore house coats. <laughs> she her was like the mod re- of that show, <laughs> right? Her mo- her most recent turn um, was on the Masked Singer earlier this year, where there's a photograph at the bottom of this. She's with I think Nick Cannon. She is wearing a huge. She looks like the uh, one of the characters on Star Trek Prodigy, who's a a big pink rock yep. monster. <laughs> I and I loved. I I watched the first season of that show. It's really entertaining. It's really fun. Just to get like, who is that person? Totally get it. I mean, and I get. I mean, the fact that I didn't know she had this health problem. She is a scient. She was a Scientologist, and they are unfortunately part of the thing is they don't deal with traditional medicine. So hopefully. It was right. something that if it, it, hopefully it could have been something that could have been easily early right. detected versus if it wasn't. But I wanted to say like some of my roles with her, Charlie, um, really a cool movie that I would love to rewatch because I haven't seen it since I was a kid was Runaway. Do you remember oh, Runaway? OK, I don't think so. OK, so Runaway was a Tom Selleck sci fi film. Yes, I, somebody did say, oh, you got to watch this. And I did. It was probably 
Within the last 10 years okay. or maybe a little further back. I haven't yeah, seen I did. in 40 years. Early 80s, wow. where, uh, this group of uh, police force was tracking down like rogue AI or robotics. Very cool. Oh Jim yes, Simmons was the bad guy. And she That's was sort right. of like, yeah. So I think that was really cool where I was first really introduced her. Obviously, I saw the Wrath of Khan too, but she had right. a more prominent role in that movie. Summer right. School. I loved that movie. Oh, yeah, with a young Mark Harmon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, a movie she was in that I re rewatched. I, I know I realized I'd never seen it was uh, Village of the Damned, which was one oh, of yeah. Chris I've Reeves never last seen that movies. movie. Yeah, we just watched it because it was the same thing. Hadn't watched it. So within the last like two or three years, we watched that. Yeah. I, I thought that was a good, and that was a John Carpenter. Yeah. So it yeah. was kind of, it was kind of That's, along that line. I got to so. put that on my list to watch then. So yeah, I, I should no, do that. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, she, and she was. Movie, she was. Go ahead. I was going to say another movie that was really fun. John Larroquette and her were both in a movie called Madhouse. Yes, very good comedy, just really yeah. solid. And it was just it was better than it really should have been. And then lastly, the last movie I will say definitely worth watching, and it's it's kind of like very famous in Minnesota is Drop Dead Gorgeous, where it's all about a, a beauty <laughs> right. pageant in like and she, Minnesota, and she, North Dakota. And Shatner, and Shatner's in that one too. Yeah, exactly. Shatner's in And it's Denise too. Richards and Christine right. uh, Dunst. It's, it's a, a hilarious and movie. And Sandy Bullock is the star. And she made a couple of them, didn't she? Yeah. I think. Yeah, and, yeah. and then uh, she was also in Scream Queens. Season two was perfect oh in that. A good That's foil funny. for Jamie Lee Curtis. So highly recommend those things. You know, I, I feel bad that she was tarnished because of um, because of Scientology. But God, she's well, so it, good. She, yeah, she, and she did come out as a as a strong anti-vaxxer and as a Trump supporter in the last yeah. few years, as I understand it. So much so that when I mentioned, I, I shared the, the link with my mom, and she was like, you know, she was a big anti-vaxxer. And Mark and I were talking last time we recorded Holocron, it was earlier this week, and she, she passed away this past Monday. And Mark said, is it bad that the very first thing I thought of is the fact that she was a, she was a MAGA hat? I'm like... It's. I mean, Mark's not. Mark's a Canadian, and I'm like, but that is how we we tend to think of celebrities for these big, outspoken political opinions. And you know, you're right. It's unfortunate that that that's the turn that it took. Yeah. But it's it's uh, funny though. We we've talked about that. It's almost like there's certain celebrities you kind of know where they probably fit in that world, but they're smart enough to shut up. Right. Exactly. Like, like Kurt Russell. I don't know where he stands. He could have the worst views in the world, but he doesn't say shit. And that's good because then that, he's like, it's not going to risk my career. Right. I can continue to be employable. Exactly correct. So, oh, anyway, rest in power, Kirstie Alley. Moving on. Oh, I, I snagged two Star Trek stories. And I didn't even put this one in Holocron. This is a bonus. This is our Holocron in Code 47. Uh, but I did talk about Kirstie. But yeah, it's we got Synergy, a, uh, Charlie. It's, it's cross audiences. We do. But um, excuse me, we, we are just a couple of months away from the third and final season of Star Trek Picard. And let me tell you, as not only a Star Trek uh, content creator, but as someone who is a lifelong Star Trek fan, I am effing terrified of season three of Star Trek Picard. <laughs> Why, because Charlie? Because the first two seasons were totally great. Oh my, I mean, season one was a mixed bag. Yes. Season two was a fucking train wreck. It was, and we, Kay, Kay and I broke it all down as it was happening. They literally threw spaghetti against the wall to see what stuck. And very, I mean, it was, the story was absolutely all over the place. But now this is, and it's funny, Star Trek's done this. They're supposed to be giving us a proper farewell, a love letter to the fans for the outro of the Star Trek The Next Generation characters. The last of which was in, 
2002 Star Trek Nemesis, mm-hmm. which Katie and Peter and I ripped apart a few weeks ago because yeah. it was anything but. And just like the last episode of Star Trek Enterprise, which was a, a love letter to the fans, was anything. Like they made it one thing and it was total garbage. So this storyline is said to bring back the entire TNG cast together. They're going to fight a, uh, a villainous character played by Amanda Plummer, who is an actress mm-hmm. who you, you have heard yeah. of. But what's interesting is that it, her father – the late Christopher Plummer was the villainous Klingon in Star Trek six. Mm-hmm. I didn't really realize that, but anyway, the news is that we got an image this week of uh, Michael Dorn as Worf. The first time he's been seen in the role in 25 years since the mm-hmm. end of Star Trek. Uh, no, excuse me. In 20 years. No, yeah. it, it, he was in that. Oh, he was in Nemesis. He was Nemesis as well. Yeah. yeah so, that's right. So he, you know, this is our first time seeing both him, Dr. Crusher and Jordy, uh, sense and because we've seen Picard and Troy and, and uh, Riker or Picard, yeah, Picard, Troy, and Riker, we've seen them in the show so far. But we get this great image of him, and like I said, leather is the fashion of we're now in the 25th century because we've you know, we're in the year I think 2403 or something, stuff is going on, and Worf is. In leathers, man, he's got a he's got a, a, a kind of a weird like star. I don't know if this is a casual outfit, but it's where he's wearing a com badge, a Starfleet com badge. So he's back in Starfleet. He's wearing his baldric, and then if you scroll down, and he looks great. They didn't mess with his makeup. He's got his big bushy eyebrows. He's got his big long hair. He's got a big white beard. He's like Klingon, evil Klingon Santa Claus. Is he still uh, rocking the ponytail? I believe he is. Yeah, is uh, yeah. They, I should do. <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah, he's in. He's he's uh, he's listening to the Doobie Brothers and smoking a doobie. Um, but it's funny. You scroll down and you see uh, everybody complains how Starfleet uniforms change like every five and a half seconds. Every episode has a different uniform. So the Charlie, Starfleet you, you, thrive, you thrive on that though. Because like I do. More uniforms to wear. Because I do. I'll and then I, I, re- I reach out to my uniform vendor. I'm like, "What do you got for me? What do you got?" I'm like, "I'm, I'm Tyrone Bigums of uniforms." I'm like. Got any more uniform? Are they in uniforms? Oh, so you don't you, want to see what Charlie would do for a Star Trek uniform. It's, you it's don't really. Pretty sad. Really, yeah. It's it's worse than the Klondike bar. Um, but Worf's uniform here now they're going with leather jackets, stylized um, with just so it's a jacket and black pants. Man, it's gonna be an easy outfit. But um, yeah, I am super duper terrified for this season because it will give us either give us exactly what we wanted, redeem the crappiness of the series so far, redeem nemesis and make it go away or it will just make it worse so it's either a band-aid rip or someone stomps on your leg and breaks it those are your two choices uh, so i i agree charlie because i'm like i like the concept it's just been like oh, we're gonna spend like eight of the nine episodes and just squander those experiences and like we're gonna solve everything and drop some bombs and then i'm like what is that but oh, really burn all your bridges is, hopefully this will be good but right I think everybody under the sun would love more time with the other characters of TNG. There's no reason why they couldn't, but I mean, obviously this is Picard. He's getting old. Totally get it. I mean, Patrick Stewart needs, should be able to rest and have some time, but Worf, uh, all the other characters, I think people would be more than happy to have them have more adventures. Totally. Why not? I I mean, yeah. And, and I guess it really depended on what happens. Like, 
they have Jordy coming back. They've already established that his character went on in Starfleet and he is a Commodore now. So he's a, he, he's, he's in the Admiralty. Riker is, is a semi-retired captain. We saw him in, in season one. Um, and, you know, Troy is retired from Starfleet. We don't know what Crusher's deal is, but she's out there kind of kicking ass and taking names. And Worf is in Starfleet, but he is, and he's a captain, but he's, he, he identifies himself as a pacifist. So why is he a pacifist? He's Worf, you know, the, the, you know, the bad, the most badass Klingon warrior of all time, what's going on. So there's, there's definitely some intrigue, a lot of questions to be answered. Uh, and the good news is obviously we're going to be breaking this down uh, on code 47 as it comes out. I want my wacky Star Trek Police Academy, like sitcom, goofy sex antics, and we have Worf right. as the commandant. Oh that my would be oh, perfect! Will it be him at the podium like it was Commandant? Sorry. And we get Barclay as like his underling or something, like the goofy oh. one that like goes into the Blue Oyster or whatever it's called. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> the thing that the thing that, that terrifies me about this is that when this comes out, I'm going to see the first. I think maybe the second episode, and then April and I are gone. Gone on the Star Trek course. There will be no Wi-Fi, no access to content on that ship, Charlie. I mean, there should be because we're there with Star Trek people. But I'm I'm actually handing over the reins of Code Forty Seven to to Katie. Uh, for an episode, I'm going to teach her. She's going to she's going to host. She's going to record. She's going to edit. She's going to post. So just like you handed reins over to me, which was. A learning experience. I now get to pass that along because we're here here at, at SFU. We're growing. We got big plans in 2023, and this is just a piece of it. So, anyway, uh, Star Trek Picard uh, bows on the Paramount Plus on February 16 of 2023. So check it out. Excellent. Well, that is it for the news this week. Uh, now it's time, folks, for us to go to our favorite geek establishment. Um, but before we do that. Charlie, give us the ad read. Uh, Zabor for Secret Friends Unite is brought to you by Manscaped, who is, I think this is weird verbiage, who is the best in men's, who are the best in men's below the waist grooming. Is that a question Uh, or is that a narrative? It's not a question for me. Uh, Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SFU at manscaped.com. Todd, as I've said, I crunched the numbers. You, you, you gave me an assist with this, so you gave me a little bit of extra, but that's it's 12 million balls plus you, me, Mark, and your bald head. So that's 17. Isn't that 17? No, 12 million and seven. 12 million and seven. I knew there was a seven in there. Anyway, very exciting stuff uh, over there at manscaped.com. 20% saving and worldwide shipping with the code SFU. Yes. Remember, folks, Santa Balls is checking his list. He's checking it twice, trying to see who's groomed and who's not. Um, do that. You've got two more weeks until uh, Christmas if you celebrate. If not, Hanukkah is still in the mix. Um, Ramadan, Kwanzaa, anybody celebrating the, 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 the facial hair, uh, ladies who want to trim up other pieces of their uh, Okutramon. Yes. Please do check it out. Merry Christmas from Manscaped and SFU. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting the Geek Easy cover bands playing drinks are poured and we are ready to get our nerd on. So we're, now it's time for all the things we've actually been watching and reading in the world we of did. nerd. 
Yeah, so Charlie, you saw a movie. I did too. I did. I did, and it was uh, much like your movie, which I saw last week. It's not nerd per se, but my movie at least is has its roots in something that became very nerdish. We saw the uh, the Fablemans, which, as I uh, go on to read about it, is almost a shot for shot retelling of the life story of Steven Spielberg. Uh, it was it, it was because you know the first thing that April always says is when we're because we saw this on Thursday night or maybe it was, no we saw it on Friday night. Uh, she's always looking stuff up on her phone as we're driving home. But yeah, Stevens, you know, in in the film, the 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 family is the Fablemans as opposed to the Spielbergs. The dad is an electrical engineer who uh, um, works his way works his way up and, and ends up moving the family across the country. Paul Dano. Uh, right? Yeah, as Paul Dano, uh, he's an electrical engineer who eventually ends up at 3M, uh, inventing you know some of the first you know important circuits and stuff. The 3M in, is a Minnesota comer, uh, comp- uh, that company. Maybe, may, yeah, they, they don't end up in Minnesota, so maybe it was something else. Yes, they are a Minnesota company because I Less used to. Me. I used to rep their scrubby pads. Remember that at a past job yeah, I had. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> no, he ends up because he is com- a computer programmer, and his best buddy is. Uh, Seth Rogen, who is barely recognizable, but the mother in the family is played by Michelle Williams. She's a little touched, suffers from depression, um, and you kind of find out why as the film goes by. I don't really want to spoil it to you, um, but yeah, uh, his you know, the best buddy is Seth Rogen, and then the you know there's there's of young, the dad of, of the dad, okay, and um, <clears throat> and very close to the mom, but. Um, uh, Sam, uh, Sam is the St- Steven Spielberg character, and you watch him from a young age, seeing his first film, which is a, a John Ford picture, The Greatest Show on Earth, and yep. he watches the, the 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 train crash from that movie, and he's instantly hooked for life. And so they the family moves from New Jersey to Phoenix as the dad's job continues to to grow, and uh, you just really follow his life story. And you know they end up in California when he's in high school, and there's a large arc around that, and you know the mom kind of having a, a, an emotional breakdown, which is, sorry, that's not much of a spoiler. You can see that coming a mile away. Yeah. Um, and then him, him, you know, ultimately giving up his dream and then turning around and following it again. And it has an absolutely great conclusion that brings it, you know, right back to the beginning of the movie. So I love it. that It was directed by Spielberg. Big surprise. Uh, very emotional, personal picture for him to make. It's the story of his life. But it doesn't really overindulge. It's like, you know, it's not like Antoine Fisher directed by Antoine Fisher, which was a, a, a skit on the Chappelle yeah. show years ago. Um, I mean, there are little details that are tweaked here and there that, you know, look better on a movie screen. But from what I've read, <clears throat> many things in this are very to the letter what happened and everybody in the cast was like wow did it really go down like this or that you know they were very self-conscious because they wanted to portray something that spielberg himself um obviously lived through so they really wanted to to nail it so yeah it was um it was exceptional highly highly recommend going to see that one again it's a break if you enjoy the kind of coming of age and the family dynamic uh, kind of films, which I enjoy that kind of stuff. Yeah, I would, I would highly recommend it. So um, put it on your list uh, in the, in theaters. Now it's been out for a few weeks. So no idea how it's, how it's doing. Uh, Cause it's not really Spielberg necessarily his traditional, you know, genre fair or the Indiana Jones or the Jaws or, you know, big blockbuster Schindler's list or the big blockbusters he's had. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's very good. Yeah. I've heard good things about it. And I think <laughs> this is what, I'm hearing overall about Oscar worthy pictures are just really underperforming at the box mm. office. And it should be a big deal because this is Steven Spielberg. He is, I right. mean, 
icons of our youth and filmography. And, you know, he is right. the guy that, you know, we have other people like Scorsese's and, 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 and those type of filmmakers, but Spielberg is the most like mainstream and successful of those. And he still right. does things like Schindler's list and things like that. So the fact that if Steven Spielberg, a release from him can't even get butts in the seats, like are we in, a, right. in this mix of like getting prestige movies to get people to see? So um, I hope that changes because I don't want those movies not to be made. Right. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah Cause they can't, they, you can't just make everything for Netflix and have, you know, be able to afford, what's afforded to create a film like this. So yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a shame, but I hope it does well. And yeah, I'm hearing good things about it. And it's like you said, it's, you know, it's the most expensive therapy session in history. Yeah. Big time. So yeah, if you don't go see it in the theaters, obviously it'll end up on a streamer. So I I highly recommend seeing it. Uh, Secondly, secondly, and finally continuing to watch fear of the walking dead. We're almost to the end. We actually ended up in the current season, but I love the, 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 the arc of the last two seasons ties back to, um, the, the that one shot that had to do with the submarine that I've talked about in previous episodes that Nick Stahl was was a character on there and it was about what the what the you know zombie apocalypse outbreak looked like in a contained space and how people survived. Um, but yeah, the, this current arc you went from uh, uh, Colby. I want to call her Minifig because she was actually from the the boys further up in our notes. I'm like Minifig, right? I'm just going to call her Minifig. Minifig is, and she, you know, she's a slight redheaded woman, but she was this, she was an incredible badass like Negan is in the main Uh, show. She was a warlord, you know, ran her own, but, but it was, um, it wasn't the garbage queen, was it? No, it was not Jadis who ends up on (laughs) the, uh, end up on the world beyond, which was the, um, the, uh, the, the big conglomerate besides the Commonwealth, which I described ended the walking dead, the, um, going to draw a blank on it was it's the big paramilitary organization that mm-hmm. julia ormond is a character in the um the world beyond it was oh my god chuck a lot is uh julia yes. ormond oh my god she goodness. did she, she had to kill johnny depp to take over <laughs> but um no she i mean she was phenomenal her name was virginia and she you know she ended up meeting her wanderloo but her story she had a she had a younger sister who was actually her daughter who survived and was also equally bad. And then that leads us into the next phase of the show with, I know I kind of teased it because we saw it at the end of the, the submarine one shot. The, the, the next big bad, like super crazy big bad, literally, is uh, John Glover as a, and I, and I never knew his backstory until I finally watched this, but the backstory of his character was he was a convicted serial killer from the 1970s. He was a mortician that, was a crazy idealist who wanted to rebuild the world by grinding people up and burying, but, but the people he deemed unworthy, he would pump them full of formaldehyde so that they wouldn't be accepted back into the earth. It was just a real, it was just a real nutcase. That's a solid and, plan. Right. And one of the established characters on the show uh, was uh, John Dory, who ended up getting married to Jenna Elfman's character, June. John Dory died. John Dory senior, was also a cop the same as John Dory was, was played by uh, Keith. Uh, oh my God. Keith Carradine, not Keith Carradine, the other Carradine. There's Keith Carradine. Uh, there was, there was the John guy who was Carradine? John Carradine. Yeah. There was Kung Fu. And then there was John. So John Carradine was John Dory senior. Now he's a character. He's the guy who put hmm. uh, the serial killer away back in the seventies. So obviously when the society collapses, the serial killer gets loose, he starts up again, he builds a cult and he stumbles upon Nick Stahl after he escapes from the submarine. Well, the submarine washed up on the shore in Galveston, Texas with all its nukes. So oh, 
Yeah, so season six ends with the big plan is that, you know, John Glover's character, Teddy, wants to launch all the nukes and nuke the world so that we can start over again. He only manages to get one of them off, and but it nukes a big old piece of Texas. And, yeah. <laughs> one is probably too many. <laughs> well, the thing is, when the missile goes off, he says, well, that one missile has 10 warheads. I'm like, oh, we're, we're fucked. <laughs> so it does. It nukes Galveston. And we see at the end of season six, all of our characters split off into like one group of characters that takes refuge in the sub. Another one. Not is like their group. atoms are split off because of yeah, the exactly. forehead. They all um, managed to say, well, it's funny because Morgan, who is a character from the original show yeah. and his female companion hide under a truck and they're far enough from the, the fallout that the winds come over, but it doesn't knock the truck over and they survive and get back. In. I, know, just, I know. So it's weird. So yeah, the beginning of season seven is your nuclear fallout. Uh, can't get under trucks, by the way, folks. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's like, yeah, it's stop, drop, and roll, duck and cover. Yeah. So anyway, the show the show is interesting where, again, Todd, when the show started, it was even I thought, oh, this is not very interesting, and I know you never watched it, but it does take a nice turn by introducing new interesting characters, bringing in some characters from the other show and making them kind of more pivotal. So I'm enjoying the show. I'm kind of bummed out that we're in the last season, which I watched the first portion of, and then I dropped off April West the rest. So we'll have watched all of it, but the new, I think that show is, is the next thing to come back. So it'll probably be the first half of 2023. So anyway, I'm looking forward to it, Todd. I know you're not looking for another show, but I will tell you that this show definitely did a turn and I think it got better. So I, I recommend it again. The, the first six seasons are on Hulu and the most current season is on AMC plus, which Todd, I know you've said AMC Plus is is struggling with some of the research you've done. If if they don't do a streaming service anymore, do you think that content will go onto Hulu? Do you think that's where it'll end up? Like uh, they'll probably find a partner and sell it off. I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of the the probably the most financially stable right. until I mean until cable goes away and these things where it's like they're getting ad revenue and doing that. I I just don't know when that ends. I don't know. I mean, I'm hearing like streaming will overtake or it maybe have already traditional cable and satellite. Satellite, I I don't even know if it really exists in in a way that we we know of because those yeah, satellites right. are actually going to crash into the into the atmosphere eventually which was another plot line in the yeah. original show that a satellite yeah. fell out there it's funny i i have to really bite my tongue and again I'm, I'm so much less active on facebook now that i'm not on there as myself but i'm still part of these groups these star trek groups where it's basically i bumped into a post that's the cord cutters some old person saying well i, w- I wish i could watch it on regular tv and i just couldn't help myself what is I'm regular like, tv i'm like th- i'm like there is no regular tv well i won't do streaming and i was like good luck with good that. luck with that <laughs> exactly. and then somebody somebody else piped in who's an older guy who i know yeah. uh as as being someone in a chapter here in michigan not my chapter who said well it would be really great if they could you know make it easier for older folks to see it and i'm like i'm like i couldn't resist I'm talk like, to your that. grandchildren i'm like that's not how marketing works marketing to old people works i'm thinking works for You're many a dying people. demographic yeah. sadly they they, they don't want to come out and demogra- say they, Charlie, yeah, they, that's they the fifth co- quadrant as no old people, that. yeah, exactly. exactly. You know why nobody talks about it? Because not going to be there for long. No, um, that's so, yeah. the demographic of the people that have been getting charged for the last twenty-five years, and every time they get an upcharge, they complain about it, but they actually don't make any changes to their cable. Exactly, like well, certain relatives of mine. 
Well, great example. I was I saw my dad this week, uh, so I had dinner with with dad and my my stepmom Michelle at their house, and I got them logged into my Voodoo and logged into my Paramount Plus, and I, and they have a Fire Stick, which I was surprised you could do Voodoo on a Fire Stick, but lo oh, and yeah. behold, you can. Yeah. I thought I thought it was a content block because it was competitor, but anyway, um, so I said, uh, you know, blah blah blah, you know. Um, He's like, well, we still have cable. I said, Dad, pick up that cable box and throw it off your balcony right now. It is completely worthless. Yeah. yeah, I recommend just YouTube get the TV to everybody. It's it's sixty bucks a month. Get you all your locals, all your right. sports, all your. But that's news, just, that's just everything. the thing. When I was I was talking to him, like Dad, what local news you watch? She says, I haven't watched local news in years. I don't want. I don't need anything like that. I said, Good. Then you know what? And this is the same advice I gave my uncle Tim, my mom's oldest brother, who just moved back and he's looking for streaming. And I said, If I could Ramon exactly one thing to you, it would be Paramount Plus because old people like CBS. CBS. Yeah. And my uncle's a Star Trek fan. My dad's a Star Trek fan. I got sports my, content. I got, yeah. yeah, I got my dad watching Yellowstone, which is what he wanted to watch. Now he's watching 1883, 1923 is coming up. That's his sweet spot. So you know what? Yeah, I would say, especially for that, that fifth quadrant, Paramount Plus is going to be your best friend. Drop cable. Thank you for yeah. coming to my TED Talk. If you don't need the news channels, you don't need sports, stay exactly. away from that. And let us know. If anybody has any questions about this stuff, I'm pretty deep in it. Charlie yeah. is, is yeah. deep in other things too. Let yeah. us know. We can yeah. help your relatives. Yeah, add us over on Twitter, at T-Extra, at the C3, or at uh, Maybe that's what I'll do, Charlie, in the future. That'll be my extra content. It'll be like your guide to streaming. You you should do that maybe once a quarter. Yes, a few cord cutters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I will go there with you because I got plenty of experience talking to old people about, uh, particularly about Star Trek, people who can't let go of watching Star Trek on MeTV with commercials and saying, oh, I just wish it was always (laughs) like this. Yep. Oh, anyway. All right. Getting off the soapbox. It's your turn. What are you watching this week? Well, yeah, I mean, and you couldn't talk much about the menu last week. I finally saw it. So we can actually talk yes. a little bit more about well, it. Good. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> I really enjoyed the movie, uh, the menu. Charlie talked about last week, but basically this is all about food snobbery and experience where a, a group of 12 people go out to an island to have this food event where you pay like $1,200 per seat and you are served so many courses by Ray Fines and his staff. The group of people that are there, a bunch of people that are overprivileged, jerks, oddities, uh, has been uh, celebrities and right. potentially like big CEOs. Um, the movie, and, and, and my lens is I'm a foodie guy. We watch a lot of food shows. We've been to actually, Charlie, this this place in Minneapolis called Travail. It is very similar, but not as expensive as the event that this group went or, to, which is there's certain or, all of these or, horses. Yeah. Or it, crazy but it's, but, it's, it, but it's not cheap, but it's something that we love. We loved like food and, and all these courses. It was phenomenal. We loved it. We always recommend it to other people. We have friends that they are kind of snobs about food and all this stuff. I'm like, you got to not take yourself too seriously. And this was this movie did skewer that whole the people that take pictures of all their food, the people that go on. I'm like, oh, did you use this type of cheese? Oh, is this type of goat? And oh, they were raised by this. And I knew his name was Bob. And <laughs> right. so it, it's goofy. But what I liked about this movie is um, its sense of humor, um, the way it referenced the, the courses and how it showed like what was in the course and, and all the elements to it. Um, and it layered on the surprises that were earlier than I expected, quite mm-hmm, honestly, mm-hmm. some of the surprises. And then also it wasn't 
grotesque. It wasn't like to your point, John. I'm like, do they right. do they eat a person? Sure. That's I'm like, is this is that really like? So nope, they don't. And I'm like, yep, they don't eat a person, but they don't. It's 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 like a thriller and very a tense movie to watch. So mm-hmm. I fully enjoyed it. Yes, there were some things that we saw happening, but I really enjoyed it. I, I really did. Anya Taylor Joy um, is is. She's she's I don't she's she she's decade. I mean, she is I agree. everything, and she is phenomenal in everything. She's not had a right. bad performance, right? And playing and and again playing to the playing to the quadrants, you know, because she has played in played in genres. Has she been in a comedy though? I'm trying to think of a comedy she's been. She must have been in something, maybe. But yeah, but I mean, she. Yeah, but she she's played in the horror genre. She's played in the the comic space. She's played in the fantasy space, and she's exceptional. Supernatural. Yeah. She was in the uh, last the night at Soho. I yeah, guess yeah. Supernatural, whatever you want to call that. Um, yeah, she did. I mean, all those different pieces. Um, she's done. I mean, what was it? The uh, the Queen's Gambit. I mean, yeah, the Viking uh, was yeah. the was the yeah the supernatural one, and yeah, she was uh, got her. It, it was was she split. Was it the M Night movie that was one of? Oh her yeah, first? that's right. She was in that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So she is a treasure, and I will tell you, Nicholas Holt, he is great in this. And yeah. You'll hate him. As I'll say, yeah. You'll hate him. Oh my god. But that's acting, right? Because again, oh, yeah. he typically plays. And he was a child actor who's gone on to be successful. He was, you know, he was in he was Beast in the, that later Gen of X Men mm-hmm. films, and he was yep. a great add to it. But yeah, he got his start. Was it Notting Hill? Wasn't he a little boy in Notting Hill? I think or so. some, yeah. some Hugh Grant film in the yeah. you know nineties, early aughts, and he was you know eight, twelve years old or something. So yeah, he's been you know working, and and he's not you know gone off the rails like Macaulay Culkin or anything like that. He's mm-hmm. just. He's just continuing to crank it out. So yeah, yeah. Ray Fiennes, uh, John Leguizamo made an appearance in this movie, oh, yeah. which I he was great. You, don't see, you just don't see him in a ton of stuff anymore. But yeah, he was great. And um, yeah, I'm trying to think who else. Judith Light. I mean, Judith Light. Yes, yeah. A very minor role, but still, I mean, right. uh, acting her ass off. I mean, and that's what right. I like this movie. I felt like people were really giving it their all. And Ray Fiennes. Right. I mean, that dude. I mean, he should be in more things. I mean, we talk about like yeah. you know guys that just or, or actors that just like wow they are so right. commanding in their presence <laughs> right and absolutely loved it and yeah i, I just love the movie it's yeah. good it's a good Chef's like coming flick. out at the right time getting right. out of the way of things and it's like it's a good movie to see but i highly recommend it so i don't know if this one will be in theaters anytime soon but go out, see out of the out of theaters mean yeah oh, it's, it's oh. A, yeah on streaming, you mean? So you don't yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. we, we don't really know its fate. I guess it depends on who made it. If it's, and it's not the know. type of movie you have to see it on a big screen. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so it, it's I, not I, it's not a big blow up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I'm glad it's getting some attention, making its money back. So that's really good. Um, and then Charlie, I watched Willow. Um, this is the new Disney uh, Disney Plus series, and I think we've all talked about this around the week. I feel like, and I think you even called out in the article, like Bob Iger now says, we need less content, but better content. And this, and we're seeing this in Disney Plus. A lot mm-hmm. of Disney Plus uh, content, like Disenchanted, uh, what is it, Hocus Pocus 2, it and Santa Clauses, they all feel like a CW. They're starting to feel like CW level, not premiere mm-hmm. they're just more content you put it out there it's like netflix right. some is good some it's okay but it's, you don't feel like this stuff is made because it's 
for a reason, like a, a creative reason. It feels like it's just right. put out there. Right. And fill it up. <laughs> yeah. And and I was so hopeful. And 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 I've heard things about Willow, and I will say this. The first two episodes aren't great, and maybe it'll change. But as of right now, I feel like this feels like fantasy done on the cheap compared yeah. to Game of Thrones. I want oh. Disney to make a Game of Thrones level five hundred million dollars. This feels it like it was made it on the. This feels like it was made in Vancouver on a CW lot. It really does. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 again, it's not spinning off of a stellar reputation of something that everybody no. loved. Let's not forget the Goldbergs episode where. Um, the main character uh, whose name I'm Adam Goldberg uh, goes to see it and he's like, Oh man, this is George Lucas's follow-up to star Wars. I'm going to love this. It's going to be just like it. And yep. he's just absolutely crestfallen walking out of it because it's, it's a willow. It's, it's, it's what it was. It's a willow. Um, as you can so, say. you know, it leaves me head scratching that for something that has no real legacy. And again, Todd Willow made by your favorite director, Ron, <laughs> Ron Howard. Howard. Thank oh you. my God. He's apparently, oh. he gets executive producer. Credits in this. Yeah. So does hashtag, George Lucas because it says hashtag, yeah. uh, Todd vs. Ron Howard. Uh, let's start that tech on Twitter. Yeah, oh, me versus Opie Cunningham. Yeah. yeah Opie uh, Cunningham. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, thank you for confirming what I suspected anyway. Uh, well, you know, fantasy fantasy is not my jam, so I didn't have a big intention uh, to check this out, but if you, you're telling me that it sucks makes me feel better well, about I'm two not episodes being in, And I'm not yeah. going to say, because they've got they've got a lot to prove, because how many people are aware of what Willow even was? So I'm not going to give this a like rating yet. Um, and I did see things that could make it better. But one of the things that drove me nuts in this, Charlie, and when you deal with genre or you deal with something where it's in a land far away or things like that, and you've got accents, I get it. You can go in British, whatever, or go all in on it, whatever right. it is. But when you've got three of the main younger cast, which are speaking American yeah. versus right. everybody else, which are British, it's like, why? I don't understand. It takes me out of it. And right. It's like, it's dumb. It's bad. And some of the things felt a little too modern in their take versus everybody else. It's like almost like everybody else is doing their own thing. Um, you do get what's her name um, from Han Solo, the Enfis uh, Nefes Oh, Aaron, Aaron Kellyman. Yeah, she was she was a flag smasher in uh, Cap Winter Soldier. Yes, yeah. So she's <clears> in it, and she's pretty good. She plays it pretty straight. Yeah. But you get like the the two siblings of Shorsha, who you know, who is the princess who married Mad Mardigan. That's the whole thing. This is a direct sequel. Mad Mardigan is not found because Val Kilmer is obviously not in good health. He essentially right. has gone away, and then we find out that um, the evil forces are rallying and coming back. And this is all about a Lord Dan, and now who is the baby protected in the original Willow is oh, now gotcha. of age, and she's the only one that can protect people. So, but I will tell you, Warwick Davis is great, and I and, I don't know how that good. man has not yeah. gotten more roles because he's perfect in anything, regardless of his yeah. stature. The fact that he right. has not been it's it's a crime. But that's why I'm thinking there, and I do like some of the other characters that are in this, and it's funny because. Um, uh, I'm blanking on his name from the new Spider-Man films, uh, Flash Thompson. He's oh, I, I know, I know the guy you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember he's his in name this, either. And I, I, I do like the fact that he's playing a character that I think is gonna. There's gonna be something more with him. Some of the other characters, there's gonna be more with them. So I, I, they do bring back some of the heritage characters, but not many. 
I'm I'm hopeful that this is only the first two episodes. Maybe it's rocky and it gets better. So yeah. I'll continue to watch. But, and and it, is yeah. it all because is it a Netflix? No, it's, so it's, all it's only it's it's what the first two dropped. Then they're doing one a week. Okay, yeah, which is you know again everybody but Netflix really follows that model because exactly. And we talked we talked about it over in Holocron, obviously with Andor, which is also Disney. Is that and you've said it time and again. You got to keep the conversation going, and that doesn't happen if you just Stranger Things. It like oh that's cool. Exactly. It was a big deal. It was big because they were the hardcores that watched it in the first weekend, and there's a trickle that might follow weeks to follow. And then who's talking about Stranger Things? And they won't for another two years. You know, because it's two years between those seasons. So yeah, there's nothing to there's nothing to keep the fire chugging along. So yeah, I yeah, think that's well, to the show's benefit <clears throat> that it's not dropped all at once because I think a lot of people right. would fall off after the first two episodes. So I think it becomes a scenario to get get right. people to say each episode's like, oh, there were good things and it can grow. Right. And I think shows need that. Shows need some right. help to get people to watch it, or you get like right. shows that just get canceled because oh, I watched the first one, didn't love it. And I'm like, how many shows and we always talk about it. How many great shows had a first great episode or a second episode? They don't. They need right. to see growth and evolution so of those characters. No, it's so rare. And you know, even Andor, you know, and again, I know you fell off Andor, oh, but the God. first I, I Andor, found the first, three the first episodes three to be a snore. To get yeah. decent and then which is, yeah, which is why they, they dropped them all at once and then the next week it just it started to climb and it maybe oh, yeah. was one step forward, two steps back. But anyway, well, cool. Well, I look forward to you potentially enjoying it, but if if it doesn't get any better you know what? You gave it a try. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And maybe maybe do. I'll find something like, oh, I think you might like this show. <clears throat> I will say they do a cool job at the end credits with some cool music. Like they did the Gertie oh. Gertie Man, which I thought was cool at the last, the second episode, which is kind of oh. cool. Yeah. Cause I nice. think you can really pair like fantasy with like rock and roll at times. It works well. Right. So we'll see if that like, is a thing that like, I like. Like, like Thor and the immigrant song. Oh, yeah, man. absolutely. Well, cool. Well, that takes us out of the news. And speaking of pairing things, I like to pair my mutants with my Thunderdome. But in order to do that, we got to catch that Air Qantas flight. We got to get down to the land down under. They're waiting for us. Tina's waiting for us. Let's get over to the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we decided that we're going to talk a little bit about this DC stuff because it's more than just a news story. It's kind of a change in focus of a whole media company when it comes to DC. Um, Charlie, you've posted some stories. I've posted some stories. A lot of it's unconfirmed, not confirmed. So I thought we could break it down to say, um, and, and, and the reason I picked the story is because our friend, Jonathan Sierra, original Secret Friends Unite uh, founder um, in our college dorm, um, said he's kind of burned out on all of these comic book films. And I feel him because yeah. it feels like they've been kind of since 20, 2008, 20, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten kind of a lot of the same. And unless right. there's a big end game you kind of feel like, what am I waiting for? And now there's TV in the mix as well that all interlinks. And it kind of feels like, is it too much? People feel disconnected. It feels like they're getting worn out. Right. And is it time and, for a change? And like you said, an and Endgame on the Marvel side is a great example. And, and part of me really agrees with John on this, that Endgame was the Endgame for the fever pitch, for the the, the must-see, got to go see it first weekend, you know, I can't be spoiled or whatever it is. 
uh, of the Marvel world because films that came out subsequently were kind of lackluster. I know Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, was a bright spot. Uh, some of the shows have been a bright spot, but some of them absolutely have not. Um you know, and that's Marvel. That's the that's the juggernaut. You know, they may be in a rebuilding year, and they may be leading us to different things. But DC is a totally different animal. They've got they've got the three yep. facets with the films, with the live action television, and then the animated television, uh, which is also films and TV. Um, and Mary, I would say not that there's zero connectivity, but the connectivity is is very few and far between. They're telling stories about the Flash. On TV, they're trying to tell stories about the Flash in the movies, and that's somewhat endemic to that universe because of the Speed Force and the different dimensions. There's been two flashes. There's actually been multiple flashes. There's been multiple Green Lanterns. Multiple, um, you know, Spider Superman and Wonder Woman largely haven't changed. There's been one Batman. So it's it's a weird mix. And DC is now going on. I mean, crap. 1938 essentially think about that's the launch of DC. So the fact is that's a hard level to maintain relevancy with brands and heroes and things like that. Totally get that. So what we're going to choose, maybe we'll do a Marvel one in the future, but at least with DC where the future of DC lands and where they're going is going to be very interesting. So we've got a couple weeks ago, James Gunn and Peter Safran, announces the head of DC studios, the the co-captains. Yes. This will incorporate (laughs) everything DC that you watch read, which is they're going to bring in comics. Charlie Marvel has not linked their comics to the movies. They've said that is correct. It's big. Right. And they're also going to do games as well. So this is watching, Mm -hmm. reading, playing all of. So this is, this is analogous to, the Lucasfilm continuity group in Star Wars. Yes. So this is going to be, I went to go see a Superman movie, but the backstory of this villain is happening in the comics or uh, between Superman movie number one and Superman movie number two, uh, he's got an ongoing series and everything that happens in the ongoing series is canon between movies one and two. That is big. That's scary. So, So they're doing a crisis level reboot. Is what you're telling me. It sounds like it. And we've talked about okay. this. So so essentially you're hearing this and say, well, what does that mean? So essentially you've got CW, they're wrapping up. So the right. Flash's final season on CW is wrapping up. It's ending. Outside of that, you've got Lois uh, uh, Superman, Superman and Lois, Lois, which is great. I, April, April, I enjoyed it, but I think that's also ending with this season. Too. Right, I think so it's just, just going to tie out. So yeah. get rid of that, and then it's going to be anything essentially that you think of that's in the can and complete right. DC films that are coming out. So I think what we're going to get is, uh, from what I understand, what they're going after because the worst thing you do as a creator is have to worry about what the legacy is and having to tie everything together. So I think at this point right. we've got. Um, Coming up, we've got Aquaman 2. That's coming. It's yep. done. So that will come yeah. out. We've got um, we've the got Flashpoint. The, the Flashpoint, right. which we talked about as well. And Shazam. Those are the right. three main movies. Now, apparently Blue Beetle's there, but Blue Beetle's is essentially a new character that maybe it's done in a way that it's not connected to anything. So it's a character right. that can maintain. And like, James going like, actually tweeted like, that out. Yeah, or like Joker because they, we just got some stills of the yep. the Joker sequel. But again, it's unconnected. You know, yep. it takes place in the past. 
Um, but yeah, the big, the biggest pieces of this news, and I think this was the bit that I shared, is that uh, uh, Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman, that, that, that third film in that franchise is not happening. Um, and despite all the bluster of Dwayne Johnson and Black Adam and saying, I'm the future of DC, that is not happening. No. He's not the future of anything. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of Splitsville, USA. So this is a, uh, you know, as I, I, I mentioned this from time to time, an expression I grew up hearing from my dad, who, you know, our family business was uh, photography and one hour photo back in the eighties. When you clean a, um, a printing machine, you do a dump and scrub, you dump out all the chemicals, you clean the machine and you fill it again. Sounds like to me, DC is doing a dump and scrub. We're going to take all the dirty processing bits that we had to print the you know to, to clean to develop this film and then to print the pictures and we're dumping it all out we're putting fresh stuff in that's that's the vibe that i get and i gotta tell you as someone who is not a dc hardliner we talked about this in the pre-roll i've always been a marvel guy i always will be a marvel guy and for us folks who are lifers because todd you and i have been in this comic biz since we were you know, in, in short pants, knee high to a grasshopper since we were, you know, but I've been reading comics since I was six years old, mm-hmm. uh, but always Marvel. Um, and maybe a He-Man, maybe a mask, maybe a, you know, DC superpowers sure. in there, but always, yep. always Star Wars, Indiana Jones. And then I discovered the amazing Spider-Man when I was 10. And so I've always been with Spider-Man. Um, but as far as the DC characters, I was exposed to them through Super Friends, the cartoon that was on from the early 70s to about 1985. But it never got me to read the comics because I was just, I don't know. They didn't have Star Wars. They didn't have Indiana Jones. And that was my childhood. Um, so, the, And then watching what DC has put out on the big screen since uh, we're, we're really post-Nolan. Because, again, the, the, the Nolan films, which were from 05 to 2012, so the thing after that was really kind of started the DCU run because it was Man of Steel, which you and I are one of the few people that we really dug it. You know, we really thought that that was a good direction, but that was not. 70, that it's that. 75% of a good film. 75%, which you know yeah. what? That's that's more than half. That's three Absolutely. quarters. That's yeah. not bad. Um, but if you look at 2013 to now, we're like, we're batting like a 80-20 I would think with what I consider to be decent cinematic content from DC. Yeah. I mean, mean, there are fans of that, that those characters, that, 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 that realm, which I get, but you've had a long stretch of it. I I totally get it. Um, Gal Gadot has been in four films as Wonder Woman. That is more than a lot of people get to be in. And and because if, if you look at it, like, you know, Chris Hemsworth had four Thor movies and that was the that was the biggest one or Tom Holland has had six appearances I think as Spider-Man or five or six yeah so that's a lot because uh, three seems to be the magic you know it's that way Captain America was in a bunch of films had three films of his own but yeah four was a big run because yeah the Superman only had the one standalone film and then there was BVS which was between the two of them so yeah, but, and, and but, but that was a wreck, and Justice League was a was a wreck. I mean, you have a hard time convincing me otherwise that much of what happened after Man of Steel, the seventy five percent good, was was truly exceptional. Shazam, I really liked. Um, I'm drawing a blank on that. Wonder Woman itself, the 2017, liked it, uh, but the sequel was trash. I thought everybody, really everybody, feels that way. That I know, I don't know anybody who lauds that film. Um, yeah, I don't know. So. For me, I guess, being an outsider, so even, you know, kind of standing back in the line with what John is saying, I'm really welcome to a 
DC continuity Star Wars-like universe where everything touches and we're starting over. We're starting over. You can pick up a comic. If you love the first Superman movie we put out and you want more, boom. Action Comics and Superman are – it's all – looks like whoever whoever we cast as Superman, that's what the guy in the comics looks like. Or, you know, Batman is, you know, whatever. You know, they're going to start that over again. I don't know. So, I mean, Todd, you're the lifer you, with with DC. You read them growing up. You know, I know you love like, – I like Green Lantern. I know you really love Green Lantern. What, where are you with this? Um, this is a must. You have to do something different. Um, I get it. The Snyderverse fans are a passionate lot, but they're small. They are not the the mainstream, the four quadrants. You need to get back there with DC. Um, I, I don't want to hamstring creators to say it has to be in this realm, but it's better than what we've got right now, where it's like you like you said, point, Charlie, you, you read a comic book with Superman, and I don't know who Superman is these days. What's he doing? He's 18 children. Uh, it's, it's hard. You really need to make these characters evergreen in a way that's friendly to readers, ha- has elements that, prior readers can really enjoy as well. And and just, it, it invites everyone to enjoy the characters. And that's been missing. Um, they haven't nailed the, the, the lightheartedness of DC. It's always had to be dark to that. And that's just wrong. A good writer and people that, like James Gunn had made, has made lightheartedness part of his brand. He also does the crazy stuff. He has a good right. balance of it. And I think he's totally. a good person to say, what is the heart of these characters and what do we do to make them important to people now and in the future. So as much as we've got the flashpoint movie, the flash movie that is flashpoint, essentially we've mm-hmm. said that we're worried about that one. I think that's the reason why that movie still exists. It's to basically start everything over. It's basically saying we get you and we may bring back some of those characters from the past, but we're moving on. We don't right. have to feel like we have to be tied to those previous creators ideas um, we talk about canon and continuity. Canon is somebody's great idea that then ties everybody's hands to the future. Right. Excellence. So I don't want that. I want us to say, what would these characters be? We've got with DC. They did it with a great job with the the Golden Age to the Silver Age, where you got like Barry Allen to Wally West. Uh, you got uh, Alan Scott to Hal Jordan. I want that again with DC. And I, I, I think mm-hmm. if we can get there, then people will not have to say, I don't like DC because they're so dark. I don't want to ever hear that again. I want a kid to read any, watch a Superman film and feel like Superman is a hero and he makes me feel right. good and he's going to save us. Batman, yes, he does crazy things, but he can team up with Superman, do these things. I don't know how they do it. Right. That's a hard thing to do. I'm not right. sure if the, 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 the current, the Batman um, with Robert Pattinson, I don't know how he can then be brought in to team up with a Superman. That seems right. a bridge too far because right. yes, you can make him the smartest man in the world, but if he has a hard time taking down street thugs, yes, I know he doesn't have to beat up fan, you know, like Mongol or dark side. Dark side. Yeah. Right. But Ben Affleck was that more of that Batman? He could right. do those things that felt better with the justice league. So I'm curious how they balance it, but that's what we need. And I'm willing to sacrifice everything we've got currently in the DC universe um, to go on. And maybe you say we can still bring back some of the characters like Gal Gadot can be a wonder woman, but maybe not that wonder woman. That's right. cool. Or Jason and, Momoa is no longer Aquaman. He can be yeah. Lobo. That's cool too. I don't care. Yeah. Just make it better. 
Zach is Shazam is one of the brighter spots they've got. So it would be a shame if that went away. But like you said, not at the expense of, you know, you can't, it's, it's the needs of the, it's, it's the needs of the many, you know, if the needs of the many are, well, everything but Shazam sucks or, you know, Jason Momoa and his sweater sniffers uh, sucks. Um, then yeah, it's, it's, it's time to, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a canon and a continuity guy, but that's not right for everybody. But if that's the direction that they're going in and, and we don't really have a say in it because that's what, that's what the creative monkey mucks are doing. And, and if we believe in, and we trust in James Gunn because we're so exuberant with his body of work to date, um, I'd like to believe that there's better things ahead, you know, because that's what was always lacking with DC versus Marvel, there was no, there was no big Feige. There was no, nobody was driving the bus. You had, you had a guy who would, it was, it was an, you know what? It was a DC was an Uber where Marvel was a chartered bus. There you go. Somebody was driving it. You knew what was going on as opposed to some rando who was picking you up from the bar at two o'clock in the morning. You know, that's what DC was. DC was your random Uber. There you go. There's your name for the episode. I, I, I do worry though about the whole, we got to tie in video games. We got to tie in the comics. And I don't want to, yeah. and I always said about the MCU, I don't want to hamstring storylines yeah. because you can't use something. Like we talked about Agents of Field. I felt Agents of Field felt, felt show so um, hamstrung because we can't use anybody, but it's still connected. I'm like, no, you're you're getting the impact of it, but you're not driving any stories forward. I don't want that either. So I'm not a hundred percent awesome on everything connecting from comics to everything like that because yeah. if a creator's got a great story and maybe this is how they manage it they'll be like the yeah. else worlds and right. i'm cool with that because some of the best comic stories in the world are else worlds well those are the ones that for me really is a non-dc stalwart found the most successful yeah. i love one of my favorites and i don't i don't have it because it's not digitally and i think it just came back into print was the that batman superman generations where they aged in real mm-hmm. time from the 40s to the to present day and even the distant future love that story because you got to watch you know clark kent had a son with no superpowers that died in vietnam you know what i mean so it's like you get to watch yeah. oops sorry spoiler um but it, it was a john byrne story and john byrne is one of my favorite creators so i really dug on that but even you know gotham by gaslight or you know the vampire Empire Batman, Red Sun. Yeah. Oh, God, Red Sun's a great story. Yeah, exactly. The Superman for All Seasons, I think, was another one. But yeah, no, I I dug it. So yeah, the the Elseworld. But still to have a one foot in, you know, kind of one toe in the big picture, because that's what was lacking was a big picture. So we'll see. I mean, anything that they're going to produce is is obviously at least a year away. They're not going to crank something out magically. No, we, we won't see their <laughs> impact truly until 2024, 2025, because these yeah. movies are coming out 2023 that I said are already in the can. The right. 2024 are going to be probably maybe the Batman and Joker 2, which we've got right. more information coming about that. Uh, right. Beyond that. Maybe 2025 is the earliest we see beyond like shows on HBO Max, you know, right. like the Suicide Squad or um, Peacemaker, too. So we'll see. Oh, gosh, Peacemaker so great. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to that. Well, cool. Well, that's about it, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, we we, we covered the DC, you know, and, and, and you know. At this point, DC Films is what they're calling it. But if you have thoughts on that, let us know. And, you know, obviously, we get it. We don't want more of the Snyderverse crew getting in because essentially we know where that's headed. It's not headed where you will. So you can push against it, but you won't. But if you have a different idea of where DC should head or what covers mm-hmm. the uh, characters they should cover, let us know. Hit us up. And that's easy to do uh, because Todd. 
Where do people find you out there on the interwebs? Uh, T-Oxtra. Um, this is the last week of fantasy football. I hope to make the playoffs. We'll see how that goes. Uh, wrapping up a lot of video game stuff towards the end of the year, so you can follow my content there as well. Um, and then I'll be talking about co-op mode, because that's coming out. We'll be recording that tomorrow, so it'll be out by Wednesday after you've listened Ooh, to yes. this podcast. It'll be there. Lee Alexander Navarro will be our guest. We're excited to hear from him in the world of PC gaming. Um, but that's really where I, uh, I'm at, and I'm getting more videos out there. Charlie just put out the Code 47, most recent episode there so i'll get the next one out on youtube and uh, yeah yeah more more news to come out at secret friends unite in 2023 we are very excited for all of it yes indeed and you know it's and it's a big it's one of our bigger weeks is yeah we have uh now code 47 our star trek podcast will be out this monday you're listening to the show probably on tuesday and like you said uh co-op on wednesday so we're bang 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 we're front ending the week for your your daily drive or whatever it is. But you can find me over on Twitter at the C3. Go ahead and spell it out. Super active on our Secret Friends Unite Discord, which oh, I love our Discord space. Man, if you are not there, jump on Discord, search out Secret Friends, and, and join the conversation. Lots of different channels, lots of different threads. Covers all of our shows and, and a bunch of different geek stuff. Uh, my wife April and I run the USS Grand Petoskey, which is one of the biggest chapters of the International Star Trek Fan Club in the world, and certainly here in Michigan. Uh, I am also actually the regional coordinator for Region 13 of SFI, which covers Michigan in Eastern Canada. So if you're if you're a trekker who lives in any one of those places, please drop me a line uh, on uh, over there at uh, the Grand Petoskey website or certainly uh, on Facebook or definitely on Twitter. Would love to hear from you. So uh, that's where you find me. So friends, as always, thank you for joining us. I want to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. Shazam, bitches. He doesn't say that in the movie. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.